Welcome to the Portland Pentecostals podcast. We're happy you've decided to join us as we build a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. Enjoy the message. This morning, I am going to read to you a lot of scripture because that's what the Bible is about. That's what this meeting is about. And sometimes I'll read two verses and then we'll launch. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship. Thank you for worshiping, church. I'm so proud of you, the way that you respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus never did anything in public square without a very specific purpose. He wasn't random. He entered into every situation with a purpose. And Jesus only entered into relationship with an individual to bring them closer to truth. The truth about them, the truth about him, basic truth. So Jesus is in the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees on the Sabbath. And I remind you that Pharisees believed in eternal life. Sadducees did not. That's why they're so sad, you see. They believed that they were doing what God wanted them to do and it was just live for the day. But the Pharisees believed that deep down inside there was something after this life. And Jesus is eating bread with them and, and he heals a man of, with, that has congestive heart failure. And then Jesus instructs them all to be humble. And then he tells them that when they're making a guest list to invite people to dinner... To invite the poor, the maimed, the blind, the lame, the disadvantaged, and those who can't give back. Because he understands the normal selfish human tendency is that we give so we can get or we give to others who have given to us. It's like, did they send us a Christmas card last year? You know, that's the way our brain thinks. And in Luke chapter 14 and verse number 15, it says, And when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus says, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. It's kind of like, you know, they call you and let you know. By the way, Sister Nancy, thank you for promoting our Holy Ghost rallies. There were over 30 of you there, and I am excited. She really pushed you parents and kids to be there. I'm proud of her because she reminded everybody. And then we got the text that says, remember, there's a Holy Ghost rally. It's kind of like that. It's like, okay, we've invited you. You've said you're going to come. And then we give you a last minute reminder. And verse 18 says, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. And the first said to him, I bought a piece of ground and I must go see it. Uh, I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I bought five ox of five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them, and I ask you to have me excused. And still another said, I've married a wife, and I cannot come. So these people, at least the first two, were wealthy. They had means, so they were people that had substance, and they're invited to a nice dinner, but forget it. So the servant came and reported these things to the master, and the master of the house being angry, everybody said angry, angry, angry. 
Say, got mad. Got mad. Said to his servants, go quickly into the street and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as I commanded you, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Everybody say filled. Filled. For I say unto you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. And I'm going to make a statement of truth, and I'm going to use a double negative. And I know this is not grammatically correct, but it speaks the truth. God can't not fill an empty thing. God can't not fill an empty thing. There's something about God when he sees something empty, it bothers him. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated. What this means is God can't help but fill what is empty. There's something about the character of God that does not live well with empty. It's kind of like an OCD person not wanting something crooked. It's like somebody that is used to everything being in a particular place, walking in and saying, something's wrong. Brother Justin has threatened to make all the chairs crooked in the auditorium. He was telling me that yesterday. Because it would bug me if they're crooked. And so usually right before church, I'll straighten them so that I don't stand like this and preach. Because it bothers me. But God's not like, he, he is a God of order and structure, but he doesn't do well with empty. The character of God is further revealed in our opening text of our sermon and much energy is expended. The supper's planned, the guests are invited, the supper's prepared, and the all is ready announcement is made. And of course, a variety of excuses is given. And this makes the master angry. This is an example of the kingdom of God. God doesn't do well with your excuses in mind. God does not understand his invitation being in second place. Second place is first loser, right? (laughs) That's what they used to say. It's no. Did you win? Well, I came in in second place. You didn't win. You came in in second place. God doesn't do well with second place. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And God's great desire is to have a celebratory relationship with man. He wanted a dinner. He wanted a party. He wanted to rejoice. He wanted to celebrate with his friends. That's why when we come to the house of God and we sing songs like, I won't go back, that's not a negative thing. We said, oh, my shame, my guilt, my sin, forgiven. And we're rejoicing at what God has done for us. When we sing, I see the evidence of his goodness all over my life. We are celebrating. That's one reason we sing like we do and we structure our services like we do. But the master will not have empty seats at the table. 
And the master's servants are sent into the streets to bring the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. The message reads this way in verse 21. And the servant went back and told the master what had happened. And he was outraged and told the servant, quickly, go out into the city streets and alleys. Collect all who look like they need a square meal. All the misfits, the homeless, the wretched. You can lay your hands on and bring them here. He says, I want you to find the needy. I want you to find the ones that can't provide for themselves. That's your commission. And my commission is to find those that are hungry and say, hey, all things are ready. Burger King, Grand Avenue, I'm in. Thank God for his goodness and his provision for us. Verse 23, and the master said, Then go into the country roads, and whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house to be full. It was all about the mission of his house being full. It was all about his table being taken advantage of. God likes things to be full. And God intends for you and I to be filled with him. But number one, he wants his house to be full. I want to commend you. I want to thank you for bringing people into the house of God. And I know you may invite them once and they may not come, but in time, they show up at the house of God. He wants his house to be full of hungry people, needy people, people who want him, who want to be near to him, people that value what he values, people that want to celebrate what he wants to celebrate. And I believe we feel the reciprocal love of God when we come into his house like we do today because we're celebrating what he celebrates which is salvation which is separation from what we used to be and a brand new creature which is being filled with his spirit we have been given a great gift and we are now in debt to Christ to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ I like to be full when I leave a table I don't know how about you but you know if I if I uh, wanted something to drink I don't want this I want this. I care less. I woke you up, didn't I? And it says, you can have that. Thank you, Isabella. Isabella went to Friday night service with an empty vessel, and she came out with a full vessel, and it goes like this now, right? Or Amelia. Sorry, Amelia, Bedelia. Sorry. See, I'm getting old. Yeah, that's what happens when you're full of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere you go, it just sloshes out. Somehow it spills out. Somehow it finds its way out of you. I was impressed. Last night I was walking through the hallway and Sister Christine had a birthday party. And as I was walking through the hallway, I grabbed a broom and a, a, a dustpan. And I was having, heading back to my office to sweep the floor. And uh, uh, I ran into somebody I'd never met before, Anthony and Charla. And uh, they began to talk to me. And later she said, oh, I thought you were the janitor. Well, yeah, I had a broom and a dustpan. It kind of looked like the janitor, and we were talking. And uh, I'll tell you what had happened is that him and Brother Pascal used to ride the bus together, and they'd have church together at the bus stop, and, and uh, they'd enjoy talking about Jesus. Now, he's not a Pentecostal, uh, but uh, that he never came to church. There was never that connection. Uh, and then, lo and behold, their daughters end up going to school, and Anthony has no idea that his daughter is going to school with Brother Pascal's idea. 
my dear uh, daughter and vice versa. And he said he walked into the birthday party last night and went, I know you. And I believe we're going to see him in the house of God because they said, we don't have a home church. We're looking for a home church. They go to, they've been going to a church where they don't have music in the church. So I said, well, it's going to blow your mind. She said, you musicians? Yeah, what? And I said, well, the bass and the guitar. And she's going, what? And her husband says, a band, baby, a band. He said, the Baptists sing in church with a band? She says, well, when I saw Pentecostal, I had no idea that meant you had music in your church. They didn't know who we are, but it was a beginning of a relationship. And these are hungry people that are looking to be filled, that they want to be connected with Jesus. Jesus wants his house to be filled. And she said, give me your card. I, I, I want to come visit church. And I said, and her husband said, too late. I already got it. They will be impacted. God is looking for hungry people. Romans 1 and 13 says, Now I do not know, want you to be unaware, brethren, how that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among other Gentiles. For I am debtor both to the Greeks, to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it, it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. At times, it's easy to see the spiritual need in our world through human limitations. But reaching the world with a message of full Bible salvation appears to be an impossible task. And it's natural to see the need as a human impossibility. But this is not the way God sees it. God sees need as opportunity. And he sees extreme need as extreme opportunity. Listen to what Paul writes to the church at Rome in chapter 5 and verse 20. For moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Notice the intense compensating response of God. We look at our world and we see the unrighteousness. God's grace is greater now to our generation than it was to the other generations. Don't underestimate the power of God. Don't underestimate the love of God. He hasn't changed. He said, I want my house to be full. There's room in here. Folks that come to second service don't understand that. There's plenty of room in the house of God. And we're going to keep making room in the house of God. He just doesn't understand empty. That's just not in the mindset of God. I've run out of gas a lot of times. Almost every vehicle I've had, I've run out of gas. It's just one of those things, you know. Anybody relate to that? It's just like, it's not like I didn't have the money or the time. It's just like... What's gas? Okay, Mr. Electric. <laughs> it's what electricity is made from. Yeah, right. No, no. <laughs> Water. <laughs> Coal. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and 
If it was me, Brother Stan, I'd be sitting alongside the road uncharged. <laughs> Empty. And I noticed one of my vehicles, it has full, half, zero. <laughs> That's what it says. It's not full and empty, but there's a half and a zero. And, and so I, I know that when the fuel's getting low, I need to find some place to fill up. I'm reminded of John chapter number two when Jesus goes to the wedding, and remember they run out of wine? And there were six water pots, the Bible says, that were 20 or 30 gallons apiece. So there's 120 to 180 gallons of water. Well, there's empty vessels. And they're coming and saying, we need wine. And his mom says, they ran out. And he says, what does that have to do with me? But, you know, Mary has been pondering all these things in her heart. You know, moms and dads kind of have designs for their kids. And it's like, they're looking out for their kids. And, and when the time's right, they're going to promote their kids. We can understand how Mary felt, right? It's like, he's the son of God. One day. I can't wait. You just wait. They're going to see what my kid's like. Someday, you know. He, his SAT might not be that good, but he's going to do miracles. He may not be that good looking, but he's powerful. And they run out of wine. And I want you to notice what Jesus says in verse 7. Fill the water parts with water, and they fill them up to the brim. You see... God in the flesh didn't do well with empty. Nope. He didn't say, oh, we ran out of wine. Hey, can somebody order it by the glass? Uh, can you get a few bottles? No, he says, hey, you see that 120 gallon empty vessels or 180 worth of empty vessels? Fill it with water. They understood what Jesus meant. They filled it to the brim because God doesn't do well with empty. And we know that they gave and they were amazed because they had saved the best till the last. You and I tried to fill our life with all the things that Brother Nia talked about, kind of in a, a picture and we filled our life uh, with all of the things that the world had uh, to answer our needs uh, to supply our need for peace uh, and joy and gladness uh, and, uh, and, and to quell our fears uh, but it wasn't enough it was so shallow it was so empty but oh when Jesus came along and he filled me with the Holy Ghost he filled me with righteousness peace and joy he filled me with life and love he filled me with him yes. and God wants you and I to be full the wine jugs were empty and Mary understood Jesus and she he, she understood that he did not do well with empty I am so glad that you and I know a God that wants to fill our life with all goodness he wants to fill our spirit with his spirit he wants to fill our mind with his word which is good. God wants all the empty vessels uh, to be filled. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost today, don't tell me you're going to wait until God wants to. God doesn't do well with empty. He's saying, we're going to stop and top it off. Now, I'm the other way, you know, when they fill me up, uh, top it off. Oh, we can't top it off anymore. Better top it off because two miles can make a difference for me. Yeah. 
And we got to live our life with Jesus that way. We can't just say, okay, I'll just slosh it around and I'll live with a half a tank. You know, when the storm starts coming, everybody says, no, you better be full. Fill your tank with gas. Make sure you have extra water. Make sure there's fuel in the generator. Make sure that, the, uh, that you have extra food. Why? Because we're preparing for a drought. Jesus wants you to be full. So if you're in the house today and you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, you can leave this place with that water sloshing over like we did you'll leave not with an empty vessel but with a full vessel because that's the will of God that may not be your will but that's God's will so don't put your will on top of God's will and say well God's all right if I leave and I'm still a little hungry no God's not good with that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemy This is part of the character of God. It's revealed clear back in the beginnings in Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And we know that God spoke to illuminate the need. And then for six more days, He kept speaking things into existence. And let the waters be divided. And let the waters bring forth be filled with life let the the skies be filled with life let the earth be filled with plants and then he said be fruitful and multiply he wasn't even satisfied with one he he didn't just say okay I filled it and it's done no reproduce we want more wheat and we want more peach trees and we want more fish and we want more birds and we want more humans God is always about more and he's always about more of his spirit in you and me he's always about more people in his house he's all about more people receiving his Holy Spirit because God doesn't do well with empty. He just doesn't do well with that. He looks at it and says, I wonder if I could feel that. Now, I don't know what your character or your personality is like, but if you could just wrap your brain around that. I know there's some things that bother you. Is that you, you, you just got to straighten it out. It's funny to watch a child, some children that they line up all their toys and then all you have to do is turn one toy and they're going to line that toy back up. Why? Because that's just the way that they are. That's the way that they want it to be. That's the way, you know, I, I, I had this crazy thing when I was a kid. If I turned left and went into a room, I had to turn right to go out. Now, I never told anybody that, but, you know, I'm kind of just weird. There's just certain things is that like, well, uh, God, he looks at you and I and he says, you're not full. Hey, 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 go fill that. Would you open yourself up so I can fill you? And as long as we keep the lid on our vessel, as long as we hide our need, as long as we plug up our desires, if we just sit there, God can't do anything. But as soon as we open up to Him, He just begins to pour Himself into us. It's just natural. It's the way it happens. He's pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh. He's pouring out His Spirit in this place. And that's why when you see people 
begin to worship God, there's something that happens. And you watch even their, their personality seems to change sometimes. And, and, and they may look real dignified and staid, and all of a sudden they're dancing before the Lord. And they may be real quiet, but now they're shouting. And they may be real, really unemotional most of the time, but now they're weeping in the presence of the Lord because God's just poured His Spirit out into their life. And He's filling them up. And as He fills them, it overflows. God doesn't do well. He fills to the brim. He fills us to overflowing. It's not a new thing with God. Clear back in the book of 2 Kings, there was a woman, and this woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, and she says, hey, you know what, my, my husband died, and, and the creditors have come, and the creditors have said, if you don't pay your husband's debt, we're going to take your two sons, and they're going to become indentured servants. And so in verse 2 of 2 Kings 4, Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in your house. And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And this is what he did. Then he says, now when you've got that, you go and shut the door behind you and your sons. The prophet didn't even go in with her. It's not like the preacher had to be there in her private house. She had a need and now she had a full jar. Now she had a bunch of empty jars. And God says, this is not good. There's empty vessels. I can't stand empty vessels. What about you, Gabriel? What do you think about that? Well, God, I'm with you because I know how you feel and I've learned to feel how you feel. You don't like empty vessels. Uh, and it's like you and I when we come to the house of God. I don't like it when somebody leaves empty. I don't like it when somebody leaves without being stirred by the Holy Spirit uh, or having peace come into their troubled life uh, or having love banish fear out of the circumstance uh, or having joy fill their heart when they have been in turmoil. And, and the Bible says, the prophet said, you just shut the door behind you with you and your sons and start filling all the empty vessels. With what? That one jar of oil. And what seems an impossibility to you and I is not just a probability, but it's an absolute with God. And what seems to be just one little vessel of oil is enough to fill multiple vessels of doyle. And the only reason she couldn't fill a another vessel is there wasn't an empty vessel left and they went and sold it and they paid the debt and they had money left over to live on why because God doesn't do well with empty and you and I may feel dry sometimes we may feel as if the weak has just sapped all the spiritual energy out of us and has emptied something out of us that doesn't mean we're in sin that doesn't mean we're wrong it's just life it just wears on us because we're living in a fallen world but 
But when we come into the house of God, he says, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And he's pouring out his spirit. And as long as the lid is off your life, as long as your pride is out of the way, and you say, I need, as long as you say, I'm empty, as long as you say, fill me, God just fills you. And he starts pouring his spirit out into your life. Because God does not do well with empty. I'm so glad he's here to fill you and I with his spirit again and again and again. There were vessels of all shapes and sizes. Vessels that belonged to people from all over the community. Vessels that were needing to be filled. I am so glad that after our needs are met, there will still be enough for everybody else. We don't just come to the house of God and say, okay, it's a prefix menu. Did you make reservations? I hope you made your reservations because we only have enough food for everybody that made reservations. No, bring in the lame and the halt and the blind and the poor and the beggarly. No, fill every chair, fill every chair. And there never is a mention of there not being enough. Because God doesn't do well with empty. And if you stand with me, please, I want us to look again at a scripture that we have read multiple times over the last 12 months. And we explain to you that Jesus is standing on the great day of salvation, the great day of the feast. The last day where the priests have their pitchers and there's big old barrels and they're dipping out of the barrel with pitchers of gold and they're pouring water on the steps of the temple in a semi-arid land. They don't live in Portland, Oregon. They live in Redmond, you know. And they're pouring water out. And every time they do, it's representative of Jesus. Representative of the provision of the rock in the wilderness that followed them. And they're saying, more, more, higher, higher. And they just keep dipping and pouring. And when they're done, Jesus says, Hey, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Verse 38. He who believes me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. He didn't just say, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll drip the tap slowly. He didn't say, well, here, we'll turn it on and there's not much water pressure. But if you all wait long enough, you can get a glass too. Jesus didn't say, he, I have a cup or a pitcher. He didn't say, hey, I'm standing in the puddle and if you want to get in the puddle with me, you can get your feet wet. He didn't even describe it as a stream nor as a river, but rivers of living water. Well, the only way that a river can flow out of you is if a river flows into you. I don't know about you, but you know what's crazy? The later I eat at night, the earlier I get hungry the next morning. Does anybody ever have that happen? 
Martin, you're going to have to help me out. You're going to have to eat something more for me in the morning because if I keep doing this, it's like, is that I, I've always gotten hungry again. I, I, I don't know what it is about it, man. I can eat some chocolate at night. I can get some slices of cheese and pickles and crackers and just say, oh, I'm full. When I get up in the morning, it's like, I think I'm hungry. Same thing is with thirst. We've, he found us in a dry and a thirsty land where no water was, in a parched wilderness, and he said, Hey, if you want rivers, just come. I'll fill you up. And so this morning, my challenge to you and I is to make sure that we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Our challenge is so that when we go out into this world, it just sloshes over. And somebody says, hey, what's that I felt? What's that coming out of you? Oh, that's not me. That's, that, that's him. What religion are you? Oh, oh, it's not about religion. I have a relationship with Jesus. That was a trap, by the way. But it worked. Because that's what it is about. The Pharisees had their religion. They had their ritual. But Jesus says, come to me. And you're out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Is there anybody that just wants to be full up so that when you walk out of this place, you're just sloshing over and you're getting Holy Ghost all around you and it spills over on that angry co-worker and it spills over on that manipulative uh, uh, supervisor and it spills over uh, on your unthankful and unsaved family. It spills over uh, on your co-workers uh, that, are, uh, that are fearful, uh, that are angry, uh, that are needy. Oh, Jesus, fill us up. Just take the lid off your life this morning and say, God, fill me with your spirit. I need you, God. Let rivers of living water bubble over.